Welcome to another episode of Men in Your Life Unapologetically Human. I am Dan. I'm Brady. And uh, it's been a long time. Well, a couple weeks, but we're back. Yeah, it was uh, it, it was it, it was a couple of weeks. And as much as we would love to say we just needed the time off, that was definitely a, a big part of it. But we, you know, as everybody out there knows, you know, life gets in the way. Um, Dan, as 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 was posted on the uh, the upcoming the the kind of description of the upcoming episode we're recording today. Uh, Dan found out he's going to be a father, so I'm going to be the first to first to say uh, congratulations, buddy. Um, you and your wife are going to be amazing parents, and well, I'm, thank you. I'm, so, I'm so happy for you guys. And yeah, no, that's awesome. And then you know, for me, as as was uh, again as was stated, you know, I, I kind of took over in my boss's shoes. And let me tell you something: having a physical job of uh, picking up and delivering and going to all these different things for for our client, it's uh. I was more exhausted after spending all those hours in front of a computer and getting stuff done mentally, um, that I was more exhausted all week than I had been for uh, for the last two weeks than I had been working the, uh, driving the truck. There's yeah, there's definitely something different about like physical exhaustion and mental exhaustion and mental exhaustion will hit the fuck out of you when you stare at a computer for 12 hours for seven days. Oh, I'm telling you, it was, uh, it, it was rough, um, on some days and it, and it, it definitely hit me harder as far as just, I was tired by the time I got home. Oh yeah, absolutely. I was, it was, uh, it was definitely an interesting thing. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> what, what technical difficulty on your end? Uh, no, no, not at all. What happened? Nothing. Pulling up Facebook. No. So for those of you who don't know, um, we we actually do video recording, so we can see each other. So when I see uh, Brady's screen flip flopping and then goes, oh no, and a bunch of things touching, it's either you're watching something you shouldn't be watching, or your big old Sasquatch fingers hit a button that you shouldn't have hit. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out how to fix the, how to fix my Sasquatch button head. <laughs> so, well, um, thank you for the thank you for the thank yous and the and everything with the pregnancy. So we did a um, we actually did a gender reveal as well uh, on the same day. We had a group of people come over. Um, Chris was our buddy. Chris was in the house, and that man was uh, more than generous and got me a sweet bottle of uh, John Bowman's. Uh, whiskey and it is fucking phenomenal um but yeah so we had a bunch of people come over um parents came over friends came over all that and i mean it was a good time it was i was uh i I was hoping for a boy but either way i really don't care as long as it's you know the child is healthy but we we uh looks like we're having a little girl and i cannot wait i am borderline terrified what's that i said you're screwed (laughs) yeah yeah, board. I am borderline terrified because it's like when you have a boy, you just have to worry about like one dick. But now that you have a girl, you got to worry about like a million of them. And that's the terrifying part. So I looked at my wife and I was like, we need to buy more guns, need more guns. Uh, I'm going to need more axes, more knives, more things. You got a while before you have to worry about that. But I mean, Fuck. you 
You're a big teddy bear, Dan. You are. I mean, that little girl has probably already got you wrapped around little fingers. She ain't even here yet. Uh, yeah, a little bit. And, and and take it from me because you know I, I'll I'll be upfront. You know, a lot of guys that I know, including you, yeah, they they wanted a boy, and and I understand. I wanted a girl. I, I Sarah, oops, um, but <laughs> she, she asked me. Um, no, she doesn't mind me mentioning her name. But, Actually, that's all three of them. I think you did both kids and now the wife. Yeah, yeah, no, we're <laughs> we're good now. Um, but no, so she asked me. She's all, "What do you want?" And I told her flat out. I was like, "I want a daddy's girl." And for the record, I got what I wanted. Um, <laughs> but. but it's awesome. It is. I mean, it's, I, I, I look at my little girl and I'm like, you know, do you love your daddy? Yep. And I mean, it's just, it's amazing. And I'm not saying you don't get that with a little, little boy, but honestly, I, I, I wanted to be a, a, a dad to a little girl. I did. And, and I'm a big softy too. So it's kind of, that's why I, I kind of chuckle a, a lot, not just a little, but I kind of chuckle a lot. <laughs> When, when I hear heard you had a are having a girl and you're gonna be an amazing father to a little girl and when they become teenagers you are gonna be you know caring, um, <laughs> very caring, very yes. caring, maybe a little too caring but caring. Oh, no, I said carrying. Oh, they said caring. Well, that's a oh, form no, of caring. You're... I'm yeah. caring for their safety and caring about the lives of anybody else who tries to date my daughter. Yes. <laughs> so, but uh, again, congratulations, brother. Uh, Thank you. I I will be saying that for for forever. I mean, it's awesome. There's, and uh, you should be terrified because honestly, I I firmly believe that if somebody is not terrified going into something like that, they're they have no idea what the hell is going on. I mean, to be fair. You you have two kids. I mean, do you still know what the hell's going on? No. Yeah, no, it, I, that's that's a general consensus. What I got is they're like, you know, I got two kids. They're in their thirties, and I still don't have a damn clue what the fuck's going on. Uh huh. Yeah, pretty much. And um, I mean, I've got I've got two kids. You know, uh, my little girl will be three here in a little while, and and my little boy is two is two um is six and a half, and two, and I two to and, six. That's a huge jump. Yeah, two to six. Um. But no, he's six and a half and he is awesome as well. But hell no, I don't know what's going on. I don't. I, I mean, every day I come home, it's it's a new adventure. New Adventures of Brady. Yes. The yes. House of Brady. Should be a sitcom, but it would be canceled like Firefly. Yeah, um, everybody loves Brady. Well, that, I mean, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so other, so, and, you know, it's, you were talking about, um, talking about me, you know, with, with the, my news and you got the, the kids, you know, you, you said your daughter's birthday is coming up. Um, you have something else coming up soon, don't you? Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a little soiree. It's a little get together that we're, that we've, we've been planning for a little while. I'm actually getting married in a month. Um, yeah, buddy. And it's, you know, it, finally, I'm not even going to say it, you know, fi- I'm, I'm not even going to hide it. Um, finally we're able to get married and you know i'm i'm marrying my best friend i am um she is amazing she takes phenomenal care of me um she deals with me even when i'm you know there were a couple times this week where i came home you know frustrated and and irritable and for no reason no reason of of hers um but 
and she, you know, she handles that with so much grace. Um, I, I'm, I, I really want this month to go by so fast, not just because I'm marrying my best friend, but also because I don't want her to realize that she could do better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's still time. There's still time for you to walk out. But no, no. And that's, and I, I joke because, you know, we, we do, we do have talk and I actually mentioned this to her the other day. Um, I think it might've been yesterday that, you know, she is the first woman I've been with where I've just, I have, I've do, I don't lie. I, I didn't lie. I omitted in previous relationships, which isn't much better. And, and that was something that I, I promised myself I wouldn't do this, do in this relationship. But I told her flat out, I was like, you know, I've always told her what was going on. Um, and, you know, that's that kind of go, goes back to the old cliche, you know, communication is key in any relationship. I mean, and and that's any relationship, but we're talking about, you know, my my beautiful fiance and I. And um, and then on top of that, so, uh, you know, I had some passport issues. Um, yeah, you kind of quit talking about that. Did they finally resolve everything? Well, no, I quit talking about it because whenever I talked about it, it got even more frustrating because I mean, literally there was nothing more I could do. My, my passport right. was sent in for, it was a renewal. My passport was sent in. I sat on hold, as you know, for six hours and still mm-hmm. never got anybody. Um, and then I finally sent an email basically stating my issue. And, um, I really didn't expect them to get back to me, but they did. And they actually sent me a form to upgrade my, passport to uh expedited and i got an email um yesterday no friday i got an email friday saying uh your passport book has been approved and it will be here uh around the 14th of august so um, that's perfect yeah it's just a week that's just a week yeah it's just a week and and i you know i i i can't say this enough that I was really stressing out because before they had had the information on their website that it was taking an extended period of time, I'd sent my passport in for renewal and it took them five weeks just to get it started processing on it and Mm. which took away and I did it standard, which I shouldn't have, but, um, yeah, no, but you, but you did yours like months in it. You did yours a couple months in advance though. So you wouldn't think that being doing it standard would cause an issue. Exactly. I mean, I did it, uh, what, four months in advance. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I didn't think it would be an issue, but it was starting to become an issue because like I said, I mean, I sent it via USPS and would use the tracking number and I know when it, what day it got to their facility. And then they tell me that, you know, five weeks later they started processing it. And so that took five weeks away from my processing time, which, which really pushed it. So, but yeah, we're going to, we're going to, uh, to, I needed this for those of you that don't know, I needed this for our honeymoon and, um, yeah, so we're, we're good to go. We're free and clear and, um, it's going to be, it's going to be a good time. I need a vacation. I need I yep. mean, Sarah yeah, you do. Yeah, you both do. I think, I mean, what I went on vacation, I've taken some days off. You haven't gone on vacation yet. So like, yeah, you kind of need to, you know, go, go fucking celebrate, go party, yeah. go do some dumb shit. No, don't do no dumb shit, but no. no. So y'all, where are y'all going for your honeymoon then? Puerto Vallarta. Hell yeah. Definitely don't do no dumb shit. 
Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. I mean, she she's talked about you know wanting to do this or that, and I'm like, no, you're pretty and white. They love you down there. Um, it's <laughs> <laughs> fucked up. Um, and I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. It's not the country, and it, and it's a very much a resort town. I mean, it's a very, I'm sure it's a very safe place. I've I haven't I haven't sure seen any. I haven't seen any major, you know, news articles of crimes or anything in Puerto Vallarta. I mean, there are in other places of Mexico, but Puerto Vallarta doesn't seem to be hit too much. Like I said, it's it's kind of a resort town, so um, there's not a whole lot else there. <laughs> yeah, just stay within the resort. I think you'd be all right. Oh, yeah, and there's plenty to do. It's an all-inclusive resort. We're looking forward to it. Yeah, we got we got a lot to talk about today, huh? A little bit. Uh, it's we, been a while. A few minutes in um i've actually i've actually had people reach out and being like so new episode i was like no 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 nothing yet they're like really i'm like yeah they're like you, you know i listen to this every week and i'm like wow okay, okay apologies so, sorry so, did not realize we had die, dire fans out there and, and that's good and and diehard fans is, is what we want and it's definitely and those of you out there that do listen to it every week first off thank you so much absolutely thank you for the support Thank you for, for, you know, giving us a reason to keep doing this. And that being said, um, we're not going to make excuses. We're going to tell you, you know, flat out what, what happens. Um, yeah, we needed a little bit of a mental break because of everything going on outside of this podcast. Um, but also, you know, the, we, the, we, we do struggle sometimes with, with finding topics that would interest other people. I mean, we could sit, Dan and I could sit here and BS for hours. Uh, but we really, we really want to be topic driven and we really want to, we really want to bring these topics to the forefront. And sometimes, you know, so, and sometimes, you, you know, we just aren't as prepared as we'd like to be. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, the flip side of that too, is we're not professionals. Like there's, there's stuff that we could easily, we could attempt to talk about, but we have no business talking about, I, in fact, we probably have no business talking about any of this shit, but, um, there's plenty of topics that just require, a um, higher grade of schooling to speak on. And we're not at that level. No, no. And, and, you know, we, we talk about life. We talk about our experiences. We talk about our observations. Uh, but uh, again, we, again, we're not professionals. We we're not medical professionals. We're not mental, mental health care professionals. We've just had experiences in our life that mm -hmm. we want to share. And, and we don't want to, and there are those experiences that we want to share that we hope that, you know, nobody, they'll hear our story and they, they won't have to go through that. I mean, and because it, there are a lot of painful and this kind of goes into, you know, our subject of the week, you know, if mm -hmm. there are areas that we wish people did, would, wouldn't have to experience, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish some of these things that I've gone through on my worst enemy. Mm -hmm. Um, some of these, um, some of these voids that we're going to speak of today. I mean, they're, they're not something that there's something that a lot of people unfortunately go through, but it's not something that you would ever wish upon somebody. Right. Right. And you, like you said, you brought it up voids voids is the topic for, um, maybe a couple episodes. We're going to try something new, uh, like do a little mini series thing here. So we can kind of do like a part one, part two. It, and it also kind of helps us with just talking, about a topic in general because you know we have chris on we talk about fatherhood and we you know we talk about some other stuff but i think it's nice to try to like 
expand a little bit and with us being non-professionals complete just 100 percent amateurs and like we said we don't get paid there's no sponsorships there's no commercial money there's no you know nothing you know we we it's just whatever equipment we have we're doing it and we're proud to do it and we're volunteering to do it and we probably honestly i don't know if we have it any other way but um like you said, we brought it up, or you brought it up. We're going to talk about voids, and like we uh, said in our write-up, um, voids can be a multitude of things. It can be um, somebody uh, leaving your life. It could be a relationship ending. It could be you losing somebody. Um, it could even be you job. I mean, yeah, it's... It, yeah, professional. It could be career. It could be a void within your career. It could be um, maybe you got laid off, furloughed, fired, one of the two, and it's a job that you really loved. And maybe you, uh, during say like COVID, you weren't sure if you're going to be able to come back. Um, and then there's voids, you know, there's personal voids, like, you know, like hobbies or like, there's something that you used to do that you loved and you're not able to do it anymore, you know? And, and I think one of the reasons why we picked this topic was there are just, so, there's so much, when it comes to the idea of voids that you can, we can literally just take a little olive off the branch and just talk about it. And we can, you know, from void this void that, you know, whatever it is that voids are just, it's, I think it just void is such as a relative term, but there's just so much in that universe of a void that we could easily just pull from and talk about. Absolutely. And, um, you know, so like what, when we first started talking about this, Dan, about about this topic, um, what what was what was one of the first things that went through your head as far as as far as avoid the uh, that you've that you've experienced that you that you that what was one of the first ones that popped in your head? Because we deal with them, we we deal with voids in our lives periodically. Everybody does. Well, I I texted you, and it was a uh, you know one of those hey, not to be super depressing in the morning. Tom, I'm going to be fucking depressing as shit right now at five o'clock in the morning. But it was, uh, you know, one of those not not to be depressing or anything like that. But I just realized that uh, my daughter is going to grow up without having her uncle. And though it's nothing against the people who will fill in as uncles. Right. And those people who fill in are going to do a fucking they're going to do a phenomenal job. Right. They're they're there for a reason. They're involved in our life for a reason. They're going to be involved in our family for a reason. But there's that there's that thing that you just don't get. And one of that would be um, explaining as to why her uncle, my brother, is no longer here or at the time where they, she may start asking questions. Um it, it was one of those things where I was driving into work, you know, the other day and it just kind of like, it just hit me halfway in like on the drive. And I just couldn't stop thinking about it. Like it was stuck in my head all day. Um, and it was, and you, you said something, I was trying to find it earlier and I couldn't, but you said something along the lines of like, um, of like the, the people who are filling in basically as uncles, you know, they're going to, they're going to do, the best job that they can and i am extremely appreciative of that but like i said there is just something that i don't think it, it doesn't really matter how many fill-in or uncles that you have or people that you call uncles there's when you are missing that that one piece it's hard to like get over it i guess you could say you know i'm I, obviously i'm still i'm still struggling with it as it is but 
you know, for me right now, um, that's that that was what really started all of this because you and I were talking and, you know, like I said, we were saying some stuff and um, probably it's just shit that I'm not going to repeat right now. But uh, it's that's between you and I. But, yeah, you know, it's just it, it hit me and it, it took me a couple of days to get over that. And I, under, I, I understand that. Believe me, um, you know, when I, I was, you know, I, I'm. As everybody knows, I'm 40 years old. Um, my my daughter is almost three, so I mean, you can do the math. I started started pretty late, um, and you know, it, it was I, I definitely understand that because that was one of the first things that I thought of when I realized I was gonna gonna have a child. That um, this is before I knew it was gonna be a little girl. This is before, you know, all this stuff. I, I found out that um, my now fiance was pregnant and. And my, as I, I've mentioned, my my two father figures before in this podcast, my stepdad and my my biological father, both of both of whom were very much a part of my life, and both of both of whom were very much you know opposite kind of people, you know, my dad being the outdoorsman and the sportsman and the fisherman, and you know, and my and my stepdad was was the philosopher. He was he was the one that could. And, and he just the mo- one of the most caring men in the world. I could, uh, you know, you see those memes on Facebook all the time. You know, if you could spend one hour on this park bench talking to anybody alive, or it's always my stepdad. And that was one of the first things that went through my head is is my stepdad. My my child will never have a relationship with him. Cause he, I mean, he died many years ago and it's still, I mean, it's still a struggle yeah, uh, for yeah, me, yeah. Especially, especially come, you know, my, my mom and his anniversary or his birthday or father's day or, you know, stuff like that. It's, it's difficult. It's, um, but when you have somebody, uh, another, another being coming into your life, like a child, you know, you want, you wish that they had that relationship with that person. You wish that person was around to make their lives better. Like they made yours. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I understand that. And that's that. And that's a, that's a great start to this conversation about voids. I mean, that void, you, I mean, you mentioned it, you know, it's, you're not over it. And, and I firmly believe you don't get over things like that. You get through them. I mean, there's yeah. no, there's, there's no, there's no getting over something like that. Um, and my stepdad, who who came into my life when I was eight years old, and was very much a father to me. And my biological dad knows him or knew him, and you know I've told my biological dad, uh, my dad, I've told my dad that you know Daryl did right by me, and that was my stepdad's name, Daryl. And um, I'm like Daryl did right by me. He treated me like a son, and there was never there was never a time where I, I felt less than his, less than anything, less than a Sunday. Um, sorry. It's hard to talk about still, even after, after all these years that he's been gone, I couldn't give you an exact count of how many years it's been. It's been a lot, but it's, it doesn't make it any easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, you know, and this, it's, this is a good example. Cause you know, like we said, there's a lot of different voids and there's people who might be like, well, you know, uh, you know, like my grandfather passed away or, you know, I was a single child or only child. So I don't have, you know, an uncle or, a, uh, or an aunt for my kid to grow up to. And, like, and, and we get that. And that might be a void in itself too. But I, the difference with us here is that, you know, yours was, 
it, it was sudden, but it was a while ago, right? And then mine was basically like boom done you know what i mean like boom he's gone and you there's you know you could have suffering from illness you know terminal illness or maybe his age or you know it's suicide there's it, it impacts you differently so like you had such a long relationship with your stepfather and then you know get you know get sick passes away and you know you know that those moments are starting to count down and you tried to capture as much as you can during that time period and then you know one day it's just it's gone so you kind of it's not like you have closure because like you know that it's coming but it's at the same time it's like it's over but like we still had many more years left you know like with between you and like your stepfather and then like with my brother and i it was everything was good and then one day all of a sudden he's gone so it's like you know it's it's two different it's two different voids we both handle it differently and and that's where it comes where we come back to voids will come in all kinds of shapes colors sizes like it it literally can be anything whether from a stepfather from a brother it could be the loss of a pet you know it could be anything yeah exactly and you know and it you know we started out with something some something pretty big and honestly and i and i i'm i'm trying to hold myself back from from using the word minor but even the quote-unquote minor voids that come out in your life like you know i when when i the last accident i got into um vehicle gone done i only had we only and we only had one and you know that's that's a minor void it's and it's a very it it really is a very small situation and and but it was a void i mean it's something that you you generally take care of relatively quickly but it could be that's what we're trying to say it could be anything you know it could be anything because like you said with you for the car it for some people it's minor some people can run out and be like well fuck all right well i guess we're just gonna have to eat it and take another payment in but some people can't take another car note in. Some people don't have that financial uh, ability to take a car note in. So when you, if you wreck a car or somebody wrecks your car or something happens, that's your lifeline. And if your lifeline's gone, that's your fucking void. Like your void is you no longer have your vehicle to get to where you need to be to make money so you can survive. Well, and and the funny thing is, and not the funny thing, but I think the hard part of that was, you know, that was 10 days after my daughter was born. And we had... So it was just one of those things that it was like, well, um, crap, I don't know what to do. Um, and you know, yeah, you, you, you end up remedying that pretty quick. Um, I, I got a little bit of help because, you know, I wasn't in a financial situation to be able to not necessarily start a car note, but I mean, to get, to pay a car note every month, it was to start it. I didn't have, I didn't have a down payment. Mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't have anything and my credit is, is okay now, but I mean, three years ago it wasn't. Right. And um, let's be honest, those places that they're like, Oh yeah, you don't need a down payment to get a car from us. Like, yeah, right. that's great and all, but your interest rate is also like 600,000%. Exactly. Um, yeah, no payment, no down payment needed. I mean, the first car, uh, that car that I wrecked and thank, thank good, thank God it was paid off. But you know, that first car that I wrecked, it was uh, it, it it was also and not to put like an emotional attachment on a material object, but we do. We're human. Um, 
I also drove down from Alaska, as, as most of you that have listened to this know. I'm, I'm originally from Alaska, and I live in Washington State now. I drove that down, back up, and back down with just me and my dogs. I mean, there was a little bit of an emotional attachment to that vehicle, too. And like I said, these are minor things. These the, I'm using this because it was a void. And yes, it was something that I, that I was able to take care of in a reasonable amount of time. But at the same time, don't be afraid to like to to say, you know, I'm feeling like this because I got into a car accident and told my vehicle the other day. Right. That doesn't make your void, your problem any less than, you know, anybody else's. Right. And the other the on the other spectrum of that is, you know, your your daughter's born, you lose your car. Uh, that car has sentimental value because you and your and your pups took these trips back and forth. You know, the pups that you have you are attached to in a, in a certain way that nothing else can be attached to. Right. If we look at, like you said, there's no minor, there's just different levels of voids. Right. So if we go to uh, another end of that, let's say something minor, less of a void would be for like, let's say, for instance, I used to coach, you know, coach for. 12 years, um, not doing it anymore. That's a void for me because I'm so used to something. There was structure, there was, um, you know, certain aspects about it that you don't get from a daily life. And when you do something like that for 12 years over time, you kind of get a little attached to it. And then you, you know, you're doing things a certain way. And then when it, when it's gone, it's, you don't know what to do sometimes anymore right like you don't know how to you don't know how to quote unquote fill a void but there's just so much to it that when it's gone now you're just kind of like well what what am i supposed to do now like i'm so used to doing all this stuff what am i supposed to do now yeah exactly i mean and that's and we all and we all go through not necessarily that that's that's got to be rough honestly like i coached a bowling team for like a half a season well about a season um and I, you know, and that was only one, one season and, and I miss, I still miss it to this day. Um, but that's, that was something that you touched on at the beginning of this, of this podcast is even hobbies. Mm-hmm. Hobbies can be, Losing a hobby is a void. I didn't bowl. Now keep in mind, everybody, I grew up in a bowling alley. Literally. I, we had an apartment above the bowling alley that we owned. Um, and I grew up in a bowling alley. I've been bowling since I was, I want to say four years old. I'm pretty good. Or, I, or you know, I, I can pre- I can pretty much pick up one of my balls again and start throwing it and probably shoot, a, you know, anywhere between a buck 90 to a 210. Um, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm, I've got a natural ability, but it's also years of years of practice. Now, pandemic shut down bowling. I quit bowling, you know, pretty much right after my my daughter was born. Um, just and not because of any other reason other than finances. I mean, bowling league is not not cheap. Um, but I started to like want to get back into it, and I had an opportunity to to bowl the second half of a season for a friend of mine and stuff like that. And pandemic happened, and they shut down all the bowling alleys over here, and I was no longer able to bowl. Now that was a void that I had had for a while, but I was about to get that hobby back and then it got yanked out from underneath me and that caused a little bit of a hole mm-hmm. that, that caused a little bit of a void. I'm like, well, I mean, I was really, I was really looking forward to this and now I, now I don't have that opportunity anymore. And that's, you know, we all, I think we need to recognize that voids aren't just things that get taken away 
after you have them. It's, you know, I had another perfect example for me was when I lived in Texas, I had a job at the, or I had a job interview at the Westin in uh, one of the cities that I lived in. Beautiful property, great. I think they had three restaurants, four restaurants. Uh, they were looking for for another line cook, and and they interviewed me, and then they immediately called. I didn't even get out of the parking lot before they called me to ask me to come in for a market basket interview. And if, for those of you that don't know, a market basket interview, it's I mean, it's kind of like chopped. If you've ever seen that, you know, they give you, they give you a bunch of stuff. They say, okay, make me this may uh, like in my case, it was make me an appetizer and three entrees out of, you know, and this is what you have to use. And I knocked that out of the park. I got, I got the, uh, I, I got the job offer. And then, um, this was in 2008. And the only reason I know that is because the economy crashed. Mm-hmm. Within three days of me getting the job offer, they re, they they took it away, which I understood, but it sucked. I mean, oh, yeah, I was, absolutely. I was excited about this job. Well, I'm and, sure at that uh, time that was probably like the dream, right? That was dream job all right was. there on the wing. It really was. Um, and I, you know, and, and that that threw me into you know a, a bit of a pick. It did. I was like, well, now what am I going to do? Um, this was, this was something that I'd, I'd been working for, for years and, and I mean, not necessarily just the Western, but that style of cooking, that area of cooking that, you know, that type, you know, the finer dining, um, that's where that was the goal. That was, that was my main focus for so long. And then I, I had a taste of it and it got pulled out from underneath me, not by any fault of the managers or anything like that. And I think that's almost what makes it worse. Like there was no control to be had over it. Yeah. And I mean, just listening to you talk about it like that, that's brutal. Like, you know, when you, when you think you have, um, your, you know, like your dream job or the job that's going to like pull you out of the hole or, you know, something like that. And you have it lined up and then boom, it just gets taken from you like that. I don't like, I've never, I've never experienced that, but judging by your reaction to it, that's definitely not, that's not something that I want to, I would ever want to go through. Cause I don't well, even know how I would handle it. Cause that shit, that shit's gotta be absolutely fucking depressing. Well, and think about it, you know, it, it, that was 13 years ago. Yeah, that was one year after I graduated high school, by the way. Thank you. Um, thank you. <laughs> um, but, so that was I mean, that was 13 years ago, and I still remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking wild. And, you know, you you brought it up because you said um, you said something like, you know, it's kind of like all you knew and now you don't know what to do with your life. And mm -hmm. I think when we talk about voids, there's one. I think there's one topic that either maybe people are just afraid to speak about or bring up or uh, whatever it is, but nobody talks about it enough. And that is the transition of somebody leaving the military into the civilian life. So like, I'm, I'm not military. You're, you weren't in the military, yeah. right? Neither are you. Right. So I, I have two friends, um, one f ex former friend and, uh, one now that I'm, um, uh, you know, that we're, we're close now. And I've seen two different aspects on this, on this, this realm of leaving the military and the one who no longer friends with, but I have seen the mental, the mental breakdown 
of somebody leaving the military that has like, you know, the structure and everything and just kind of entering civilian life and not having any idea what to do with their life because now the like the structure is just not there anymore. So now not only do you not have the structure anymore, you don't know who to follow. You don't know who's leading. You don't know, you know, you have to now form your, you're like a new group of people socially, but you can't do that because you're so fucked up in the head from the things that you may have done or the things that you may have seen and go through that you don't know how to handle civilian life. And I watched this guy struggle for a handful of years with, you know, severe PTSD and not really understanding how to live and live like a civilian, like a normal, like a, just a normal average Joe, like you and I, you know, for us, it's easy. We just wake up and I don't know, go make coffee and, you know, take a nice, take a little poop and do whatever the hell we want to do with our lives. But it's not that simple. It's not that simple for, for people like that who may have been like a Marine for four years and then they transition out and they're in their mid twenties and they it was probably one of the, you know, it was one of the worst times of their entire life, mentally, physically. And now they just don't know what to do with their life. And I don't think people talk about that enough. And the flip side of that, you know, the friend that I'm with now, who's one of, you know, actually one of our following listeners here, they listen every week. Um, he went into the army and he was an MP and, you know, he, you maybe one day we'll get him on. He'll tell us stories and stuff. He's got some, he's got some pretty funny stories, but he, you know, seems like, it's the flip side of that. Like if he didn't tell you, you probably wouldn't have had any idea that he was in the military, but he still acts a certain way because they had the structure and that's just how he, that's just what he knows. But as far as I know, I don't know if he has any of those problems because he loves his life now. Like he loves what he does. He, you know, he gets to work from home. He works in it. He, you know, you know, has his wife and they just built this house and he's playing Xbox every day, like a normal person like you and I, you know what I mean? So it would be good maybe one day to figure out like it would be a tough conversation to have with somebody, but that's what we do here. We have hard conversations. It would be nice. I think to have that conversation between somebody who has been able to transition and somebody who hasn't been able to transition, because when you talk about a void, when that's all, you know, for like four to six to eight years, and then it's just done. And you're not part, like you're not even in the military as like a civilian anymore. Like how the, that's a fucking massive void to me. Like that's probably one of the most major voids there are. Well, yeah. And you're right. We don't talk about it enough. And, 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 you know, you, you said something that really, um, that really kind of stood out to me is, is you were like, maybe he was a Marine for four years. We're not just talking about, I mean, we're not just talking about the people that made careers out of it. I mean, right. this is, this could be one a person that, that went in for one stretch mm-hmm. and is that, time you know dealing with civilian life and you're right we don't talk about it enough as a society we don't talk i mean you get those you you know you get those commercials and those quick little news blurbs here and here and there um like just the other day there was there were people honoring the uh the the fallen from from uh you know 20 years later 9-11 and you know they they stopped they swam across the hudson and they stopped twice once for um, I can't remember one, but one really jumped out at me because it's something that you and I have talked about on this, uh, on this podcast is, you know, they stopped and did 22 pushups for the 22 veterans a day that they commit suicide. You know, we, we, you get those little blurbs and you get these, these little things. And then, you know, of course, uh, you, you get people honoring the fallen here and there and, stuff like that, but it's not discussed. It's just, oh, hey, look what they're doing. And then you move on. Mm-hmm. You don't 
we don't have a car. And I, I think that's a great idea for, for a future, future episode, maybe get somebody on that, that has gotten through that dark period, but you know, remembers how it felt to, to, and, and would be okay with, with talking with us about it. And then also somebody like your friend that, you know, he's, he, he didn't seem to, I mean, I'm, I wouldn't, know. I don't know. I wouldn't know either. Cause it's not like he, op- he's opened up about it. It's just what you see. Yeah, and he didn't have as much of a uh, of an issue uh, that you could see uh, with transitioning between military and civilian life. But that's you know you're right that void that that void that's a whole life. Mm-hmm. That's you know, and and I've discussed you know when I stopped being a chef um, numerous times on this podcast, and that's about as close as I can get. And that's a whole world away. Um, but that void. This is why we're talking about these voids. We we want everybody to understand that these voids are naturally occurring, uh, occurring, you know, things, and they are they can affect us. They can affect us physically, and they can affect us mentally. And you know, that's that's something that you know I think we should we should probably touch on a little bit on this episode. You know, what was uh, I mean? Not we've we've discussed your brother. but what about the coaching? Like, what what kind of toll has that taken upon you? What what when you when you stopped coaching? How long has it been since you coached? Um, let's see. I did 2019. I did a short stint with a travel program. Um, it, that it didn't really work out well, and, and it was mainly it wasn't because the program was being run wrong. The program was actually run very well. It was the betting butting heads of coaching philosophy. Um, We had a group of guys where in this, this is a whole, this, this was a big thing. Like this is a whole other fucking thing, but I'll, I'll just touch on it quickly. Uh, The guy who ran it played um, in the minors and he also did a couple of stints with the Mariners. So he's pulling people that have like, like major league experience in this coaching program. And I did not know that going into this program. So as I'm there, I'm meeting these guys and I'm thinking in my head, like, bruh, I got no business being out here. <laughs> like, I didn't play college ball. I didn't go to a fucking the pros. I just, you know, I was just one of those kids that liked the 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 strategy behind coaching. And I learned, you know, I was teaching myself and learning all that stuff, you know, cause I, you know, I was an average player, but I got hurt and, you know, I couldn't, I knew that I wasn't ever going to go anywhere with baseball unless if it was outside of playing. So I'm like sitting here and I'm just like, yo, like you played with the Mariners, like, you know, these people and like, you know, you just start naming off players and I'm like, what the fuck? Like I got no business being out here. But then it turned out that like, Believe it or not, you know, when they were watching me, like they were impressed because of what like the knowledge that I have up top and just not without not having the baseball experience. But like I said, so like we we were butting heads. There was just too many cooks in the kitchen and people were kind of getting like some people agreed with others. Some didn't. But that was a short stint. So that was that, that was only a couple like maybe like a month or two. So 2019 and then really the last time before that was probably 2017 was probably the last full year of coaching that I that I had and that was a falling out with the guy who ran the organization and that that's a whole thing too but I basically didn't agree with some of the stuff that they were doing morally and I felt like they were taking advantage of kids uh younger kids and they weren't necessarily there for the development of the kid they were there for the name of the program 
and I had a I had a problem with that, and I walked away. So now the question like said, now, now the question that I have for that is, you know, two kind of kind of two two sides of this question. You know, okay. How long did it take to realize to, for you to realize that void was there, to for it to really start affecting you, and how did it affect you? Um, it probably took me about a day for that void to set in. Cause that was when I, the first time or like the last time that I actually like walked away. The first time, I mean, the, the first the, time the, the two, I'm sure that that helped fill it, you know, kind of put the icing over it a little bit, kind of like patching a hole in drywall. But yeah, uh, I mean that first time that, that, that first, that, time. that first time it was a little rough because the, the the my assistant coach that I had I had years prior to that I actually coached um his younger son and his older son subbed for me a couple times at, uh and during a couple of the seasons so my assistant coach was there for me for like with like with me for like four years like we were you know I would not coach unless he's coaching with me type deal and I talked him into coming back and we drafted a team based on uh age development in the future of that team um so when we drafted our team for uh, for this league we kind of went a little bit young with the idea of um you know these kids possess this kind of talent we can develop them into something for where they now turn like 16 17 uh they can for 15 16 17 i guess you can say um they will hopefully maybe transition that going into JV baseball and they will make teams because that's basically what we were set out to do was to prepare these kids for high school to get them ready for junior varsity, varsity college ball, stuff like that. Um, so when we ultimately him and I both decided to walk away after what happened, uh, it was, it was rough because we had to explain to the parents as to why we were leaving. Um, thank God those, all those parents were, those parents were great. Like I still keep in contact with some of them. I still think about like their kids, like being out on the ball field. Like I like telling, like tell stories about those kids and stuff like that. Like I had connections with some of those guys, but the parents were so supportive. And I think that's what made it a little bit easier. But I knew after that I was coming back. Like I, I was not ending on that note. I was going to go coach somewhere else. I was determined to. And then when I got locked into this new place, um, it started out okay. It was very structured, just the way I like. I had free reign of de of developing my practices, stuff like that. And then when it just kind of suddenly just happened, that that was the art. There was an argument. There was a little disagreement, and then it was just, hey, this is not going to work. I, I'm, you know, sorry, I can't do this. Um, that was right before the season started too, and I felt bad, but I knew what I I did it for. You know, I had to do what was best for me in the long run. And that time, it took, like I said, it probably took a day to realize that, um, you know, I'm not I'm not coaching right now. And then as the season goes, it's I'm not going to be able to coach again until the spring. And then things start heating up in the world with COVID and stuff. And I realized I'm not going to be a coach that and like coach now. And then I was determined to come back after we moved and we're pregnant. So I'm not going to coach now because, <laughs> you know, cause my wife is pregnant and I, I'm not going to just, you know, leave her like that. But when you go from three to four weeks of practice and game planning and strategizing and coming up with drills and stuff like that, it, kind of like the military or kind of like you um cooking it becomes your life 
And I think we've probably talked about this before. It's hard for me now to sit down and watch baseball on the TV because I can't enjoy it as a fan. I, I'm too still mentally invested into it. And it's hard for me to sit there and watch baseball and not be like mentally involved as opposed to just sitting back, having a beer and being a fan. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't envy you because I like sitting back, having a beer and being a fan, but yep. But so that's, that's one way it affected you. I mean, and you say, it, I mean, you said it took a day for you to realize that that void was there. Um, what, what did you do to, to, to kind of have, or did you do anything to kind of cope with that, to kind of cope with that, the, that loss of, of, of that, of that major aspect of your life? Uh, shoot. Honestly, I don't think so. And that might be that might be one of the problems why it still bothers me is that I never did anything about it. I I I think I was just always determined to get back out on the field. And I will sometimes I'll drive by it annoys the shit out of my wife, but we'll drive by and I'll see kids out on the baseball field and I'm like rubbernecking watching these kids on the baseball field or we'll go somewhere and I'll be like observing like a practice and I'm just kind of like I'll be sitting there. I'm like, that co- that coach doesn't have any idea what the fuck he's talking about. Like these kids, like granted, they might be like 10, but I'm like, they're already being taught the wrong thing. And by the time they get older and they have to get recorrected, it's going to put them It's going to set them back if they actually want to like pursue baseball. So she just kind of like looks at me. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like I need to <laughs> like, these are things that like, I, I, you know, and like you, dude, you see it. Like I do it when we play Xbox, like I can't not do it. Like when we're playing NHL, I can't, are, I can't turn it off. Like it doesn't turn off for me. What, what do we call you when we play NHL coach? Yeah. <laughs> or asshole. One of the two asshole or coach. I'm not really sure, but every now and then that slips out, but that's because I forgot <laughs> to mute my mic. Um, but <laughs> No, I, I would, I have no problem calling you an asshole to your face. Um, Thanks. Yeah. No, Appreciate uh, that. But, but, but that's the whole thing. I mean, we, you know, there, there are different effects and, and stuff like that. And honestly, I can tell you that, um, when I, when I stopped being a chef, um, I had, a, I had actually had a nervous breakdown and that's what, that's what caused it. I, I, I've mentioned this before. Um, had a, had a severe panic attack, ended up going to, going to counseling. And, you know, I, I took some anti-anxiety pills for a little while and, and, you know, and, you know, that, that was that, but, um, on the flip side, that void that, that it created, because like I've said before, being a chef was part of my identity. Uh, just like, I mean, just like kind of being a coach probably was part of yours for, for so long. Uh, I, there was a sense of relief for me. And there was, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's a void that, that was created when I, cause I had no idea what the hell I was going to do with the rest of my life professionally. I mean, zero idea. Um, I just knew I couldn't, I couldn't be a chef anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I couldn't, uh, I mean, and, and judge as you will, um, not you, but anybody out there judge as you will. Um, yes, I quit. And yes, I quit for, for my mental well being, but that void was, I didn't really realize that that void was there until later on. It probably took me a solid few months. And part of that was probably because of the mental, mental stability of, of me, of my world. But there was a sense of relief when I realized that void was there. Mm. 
I'm no, it's not just, you know, what am I going to do with my life? Because that, that was such a part of my identity for so long that I don't have, that doesn't have to be a part of my identity anymore. So there, I mean, it was kind of, it was kind of a, a, a positive and a negative thing for me. And I remember feeling a slight, a, a little euphoric when it came to realizing that, no, this decision, I'm, I'm firm in it. You know, I, I, I don't doubt myself. Now, if anything were to ever happen, like this was what I always told myself, if anything were to ever happen to where God forbid, I couldn't, you know, I found something that I really enjoyed doing. And that was, that was what I was going to be doing for, for the rest of my life that I always have cooking to fall back on. Because I mean, I do have a degree from a highly, from what used to be a highly prestigious college in the, in the country. Um, I mean, they're not here anymore, but that's neither here nor there. But um, I could always fall back on cooking. Well, the pandemic told me I couldn't. But mm. also, <laughs> but mm-hmm. also, also, it was you know, I was relieved because there that those seventeen hour days were done, and I made that firm decision. I told myself, and I told, and I prom, and you know, my my few, my soon to be wife. I told her flat out, I said, you know, I, I'm never going to be a paycheck dad. And let me tell you something. I know more chefs that have just a shit quality of life when it comes to their family. I know I'll, I'll put it like this, myself included. I know more divorced chefs than I do married. Right. And you know, it's, it's funny because as you, as you said that like, a shit quality of life, you know, they always say that like baseball coaches, for instance, they are severely underpaid and they don't do it for the money. They just do it for the love of the game. But you like like you said, like mental aspect of it, man, it's not an easy life for some of these guys who do stuff like that. Like they sleep in offices and they don't get paid a lot of money and they sleep in offices and they're divorced or they have struggling marriages. You know, like you were saying with these guys as chefs, like it's not like it's not easy. And it's funny because it it might not be something that's like great and perfect like in the real life and it looks good on paper but for some crazy ass reason we cannot live without it like coaching baseball was stressful as shit you know but i would love i would go back in a heartbeat and start coaching again i don't care how stressful it was even if even if the pay was really low it was it was something that like like you said it's an identity and I think sometimes with voids is some of it is an identity for somebody. And sometimes it's something that just happens suddenly and, or it's something that happens over a long stretch of time and maybe you see it coming and then, you know, it's coming to an end and then it makes it worse because now you really don't know how to fill that. So it's like, the, all right, let me, let me ask you this. Cause you know, I know we we're, we're, we're coming down on time here soon, but let me ask you this. What would be worse? A sudden void or knowing that the void is coming? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, that's, I feel, I, I right. I and, mean, I just and, thought about that. I don't even know how to answer that damn question. It, well, this kind of, to me, ties into what I was about to say, because you mentioned something that is very, you know, necessary for, for coaching, for being a chef, for being, for doing just about anything is the, the passion. You have a passion for coaching, so you could go back. I have zero passion for cooking professionally anymore, and you have to have that in order to be successful in that industry. Um, that's why I can. That's why I, like I said, I think the void ended up being 
uh, both a positive and a negative for me. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like it would depend on the passion level. Like, would I would I want to know that something that I am so passionate about? Like, say, you know, the ultimate dream for me growing up and still, you know, not still, but and still, you know, it pops into my head every now and then when I turn on Sunday afternoon, you know, bowling on ESPN or something like that is, you know, is that a thing? Is that an actual thing? No, Sunday afternoon bowling on ESPN. Well, yeah, that's usually when they when they when they show the finals. Um, Oh, there's fine. Okay, so. okay, sorry. Go on. It's usually a tournament. Anyway, uh, I digress. But, you know, I'm like, oh, I could, you know, I, I, that would be the ultimate dream for me was to be a professional bowler. And I, you know, let's just say I was right there at the cusp. I wouldn't want to know the end was coming. I wouldn't. Yeah. I think it would make it worse. I think in that, I think it would be a case by case basis as far as like creating that void, just basically ripping the bandaid off, cutting that, cutting that branch off, you know, I think would be better in some aspects, but I also think that, you know, creating the void when, you know, I have a family. I mean, I would rather know that, you know, hey, in a month, our our business is shutting down. Guys, I'm sorry, but we're going to have to do something. We're, we're not going to be able to continue to pay you. We're not going to be able to continue keeping this restaurant, which has happened here in Seattle <coughs> hundreds of times. These bars and restaurants, they've shut down permanently. <coughs> I feel like, I right. know, yeah. I feel like I would want to know ahead of time that that was going to happen. So it's, I feel it, like I, I feel like it would depend. Yeah, it's like one of those things where it's like um, I don't know, like you bowling. Let's just we'll just use sports for example. If somebody came up and said that uh, you'll be the best running back in the NFL for five years, but uh, you're going to blow your knee out, would you want to know if you were going to blow your knee out or not, and would you still pursue it? Or would you rather just play the game not knowing that it's going to happen and then have it happen? I feel like I'd rather just play the game. Yeah, me too. Like, if I knew if I knew that I was going to blow my knee out, I probably wouldn't be the same person anymore. So it's like, if you told me that this void is coming, I don't know if I would if I would act the same way as if I didn't know if it was coming. You know what I mean? Like, if somebody told me today that um, I don't know, say I'm going to lose my job in two weeks, right? Oh, thank God, please. I would hope. No, I'm just joking. Um, if I'm going to be laid off in two weeks, right? I may not, I may not come with the same mindset that, um, that I normally oh, no. have as, as a worker. You know what I mean? You don't, you don't come to, and I can vouch for that because I, I got a two week notice. I was a temp at my old job before, at the beginning of the pandemic. And uh, this was right before, actually, I, I I met you on Xbox. And, you know, I was a temp and and I I was told two weeks, hey, you know, we're, we can't keep you on anymore. In two weeks, you're done. And nobody was hiring at that point. Like I said, I found out the hard way that being a chef, I was not going to be a, a 100% fallback. Um, but it was, um, I, I can honestly say I went to work with a different attitude. Yeah, I I would have. I mean, I I absolutely did. I I mean, and to I I did put some effort in trying to maintain the the same 
a work ethic and mentality that I had when I was really trying to get hired full on. And, and there, and everybody around me was saying, Hey, you know, we want you as a FTE, a full-time employee. And, you know, we were trying to get you on, we're trying to get you on and they never could get me on. And then this pandemic happened and then, you know, Hey, two weeks is you're going to be, it's going to be your last day. Um, I tried, but no, I think, I think that's partially human nature is, you know, once, once you realize somebody's given up on you, you've you there it's really hard not to give up on them and yeah. that being said you know I, I think the biggest void that i've ever i mean we've mm-hmm. that i've ever experienced in my life um other than other than professional my my biggest personal void um was probably the divorce i mean you know mm-hmm. you i'm not a huge fan of uh, of talking about this but that's one of the reasons we do this podcast is mm-hmm. you know it's and for those of you out there that have never gone through it, and I pray you never do, and um, it, it was uh, in the long run, it was the best thing that happened to me because now I have this beautiful woman that I'm going to be able to call my wife in a month. But when it happened, let me—it's tell you, it's like a death. It is—it's the death of a relationship. It's the—it's a death in your family, and the void that that creates. And this is going to tie into next week because next week I just take a second to 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 give you a little bit of a rundown <laughs> next um, next week is going to be um what well i guess this is we're doing like a three-part series here next week is going to be more about like the ways that we fill a void and the week after that is going to be about like battling and kind of like understanding a void yes and that's and that's the whole thing that's um uh, this this is going to tie into but how you handle something like that because that was a that was a sudden for me um and i i was caught completely blindsided and i think that has some effect as to how you deal with it and i'll be the first to admit i will discuss this uh at a little bit more length next week but i didn't handle it completely well um but i mean who would though honestly that's true um, but that's the whole thing. Like if I, I that kind of ties in, like I said, situational. Yeah. It's I, all situational. I wouldn't want to know that was coming. Right. I would, I would rather that just kind of just happened, you know, happened yes. naturally on its own. Like, it, yeah. it, like, like, like it did. I'd, I'd rather it happened like it did. It just, it ended. Yeah. Um, because, as you know, people, and as much as it sucked, I feel like I wouldn't be in the same, I mean, I wouldn't be in the same place that I am now. Right. If it was drug out, if it was, I mean, it takes two. Right. That's in, that's in any relationship. It takes two. Right. friendship, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, you know, fiance, husband, wife, you know, whatever. I mean, friend, best friend. Mm-hmm. It does, does not matter. It takes two. And when one of them gives up, that's a very hard thing to accept. Right. And, you know, we'll, we didn't really touch on some of that stuff today, but we'll definitely touch on it next week. But I think this was more of like a, a generalization of kind of how, like where we're going with this and just to kind of give people some ideas to kind of like ponder over and think about, but the divorce was definitely one of the things that was on that list. And, um, so was friendships that's on that list. And like you said, it's, you don't really know how you handle that and you don't really know if you would rather see it coming or see it end. And some people aren't the same. Some people would rather just know that it's coming and, you know, some people rather, you know, they just rather let it happen naturally. And 
one of those things you were talking about, I was thinking of something Chris mentioned um, when he came on. I think it was like the first time with us is he was going through something with his church and people in the church that he didn't necessarily him and his wife didn't agree with and that some of the other younger people didn't agree with. And, you know, for him, you go to something that like that, you know, to a certain church and you're around a, a society like that, a community for an X amount of years. And now all of a sudden you leave because of, you know, maybe a, a moral difference. And maybe one day we'll be going to have him come explain what was going on. But um, from what I'm what I gathered from that was it was just something they there was a, a moral thought process and they him and his younger crowd thought of it a little bit differently than the people who were older and, you know, maybe more headstrong about what, you know, what like the Bible says and stuff. And when they walked out, he even told me, you know, it caused, it caused a riff among people in their circle and it caused a riff among people at the church. And when you, when that's all you kind of know, especially in like a religion and religious aspect, you talk about a void now that that I don't even know how you handle that. Like divorce is, you know, divorce is hard and, you know, losing somebody's hard and dealing with something like that where like you're walking out of a church that is hard. And I think the thing that we're trying to stress here is that it, it voids are all situational and they're difficult and they're hard to deal with. And it really doesn't matter what it is. A void is a void, and it really doesn't matter if it's small or large, or if you're, you know, divorced. You lose a friend, you lose a pet, you, I don't know, you stop playing sports, whatever. You know, a void yeah. is a void. Exactly, and you know, and the, and that's and that was the whole that's the whole kind of plan for the for this episode is, you know, we wanted to share our anecdotal, you know, uh, uh, stories, you know, our our anecdotes about you know the voids that have been created in our lives, and and we touched on a little bit of everything this week is, uh, you know, everything from what some people would consider small to what 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 some people would consider large, mm -hmm. and that's the whole thing. I mean, voids happen to everybody. Anybody that that looks at you and tells me that tells you that you, they've had this blessed life where they've never had to deal with that, number one is is probably lying. Bullshit. Uh, <laughs> because voids happen. I mean, as a as a child, you 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 lose a toy, your toy breaks. That's a void. I mean, it, it's situational. It's it, it's and it's not just the situational. You know, as an adult, we go through all these different situations. No, children. You know, ch children deal with voids as well. So, and I think this, and I feel like this is going to help me personally recognize that. Um, right. But, Cause we didn't even talk about that. You know, we didn't even discuss the aspect of like in a divorce or a relationship and you're a child in that relationship. Like what kind of impact that has on you when you lose yeah. either a figure or somebody that you looked up to and like you, you had your stepfather, but you know, if you're, if you have a 12 year old and you've been with dating somebody or you know, you're divorced or whatever, that is suddenly the kid, the child is going to have to adjust to that. And that, you know, that's a void. That's a void that's left because now they don't have something or they still have it, but it's not in the same um, aspect as they once had before. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that would honestly, I'd love to have, I'd love to have Chris on for that because I mean, he sees yeah. it from, from a third party view. I mean, he yep. sees that kind of stuff as a, as a teacher. And, you know, I, I, I feel like, you know, I feel like that'd be a great, honestly, I feel like that'd be a great, just 
single topic for Absolutely. for episode because I feel like you between you me and Chris I I feel like we can definitely talk about this now. Um, I would like to ask everybody, um, a- anybody listening to this, please leave a comment. I would like to know the question, the answer to one question. Dan mentioned it the other day. I'd like to, I'd like to kind of put it, put it out there. Um, we were, we were discussing doing a live show, you know, a live interactive show with the, with our audience. You know, if you have any questions, you have any comments, you have anything you want to share, um, you can, you, we'll be more than happy to share it for you, or, you know, we, we can figure out how to get you on even just for a couple of minutes and to, to share, you know, share something with you. Uh, if that is of any interest to any of you out there, please, please leave a comment. If you just want to, if you just want to send, uh, me or Dan a private message, um, whatever you would like to do to get a hold of us, please let us know, uh, if, if that's something that would interest you because Dan and I, um, honestly, we're, we would be kind of excited about it. We, we really yeah. would. I think that would be, Absolutely. I, and, and of course it wouldn't be a weekly thing, but every periodically, I feel like, uh, I feel like that would be a really positive thing for us to do, kind of get, get our community together. Um, that way it's not just, you know, you guys listening to us, you guys can listen to each other. Yeah, you can you can listen to us. You can see our beautiful faces. Um, more so, me. Uh, you can. <laughs> sorry. Um, you sorry. can interact with. What did you say? I said no. You're not. <laughs> you can interact with us like via chat. So you'll be able to. It would be broadcasted live amongst a couple uh, platforms. And each platform, it'll be going on at one time. It's like Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Um, and you would actually be able to interact with us via the chat. And really what it would be is just us with a very basic topic for the day, maybe probably more like just a normal conversation, how like we start off the day and just kind of roll into something. And really the idea is to have the show kind of be powered by every one of you who pay attention or who's, who's watching, who's, you know, decides to, to chime in and comment because what we want to do is get interactions with people who maybe are too afraid to reach out. But now is the time where you're now surrounded by, you know, 40, 50, 60, 70, maybe a hundred people who are tuning in across different platforms. And now is your time where you can, post a question you can tell a story you can ask you know hey like what is your you know what do you guys think about this or you know what do you think about you know x y and z or whatever it is like it's more designed to try to get the community more involved and get active in in what we're doing because like we said we we only go as far as as y'all let us go and we're powered by like the community so if the community's going we're going so we need to, we're trying to get people involved and understand that there is a big community of people out there that struggle to talk about this stuff, who struggle to open up about things. And sometimes it's a lot easier for people to talk about something that they have going on in their life when they don't know the person, when it's just an unbiased opinion and it's like-minded people who may be going through something of the same sort. It's a lot easier to talk about. And like I said, we're not professionals. We are just two guys that grew up and had some shit happen in their lives. And we've kind of, you know, we've gone to one end of the spectrum and back and we're just able to talk about it. That's all this is. A couple of guys that grew up is a bit of a stretch, but, um, Oh yeah. I didn't grow up yet. I didn't grow up yet. Did you grow up yet? No, no. I still laugh. I still laugh at poop jokes. 
Oh, absolutely. But no, I mean, and that's the whole thing. Like, we make jokes and we like to keep things light around here. And, and that's, you know, that's part of both of our personalities. But please feel free to reach out. Yes. Um, we are running a little bit low on time. Um, I'm glad we were able to start this out. And um, hopefully it actually works this time. Um, but uh, next week, don't forget, this is, you know, uh, t- today was, was, you know, uh, when the void stares at you tomorrow or next week, it's going to be, you know, staring back into the void. I mean, this is, this is what we do. This is how we, this is what we've done to, to deal with it. Uh, good, bad, or ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, there are positive ways, there are negative ways. And and believe me when I tell you, and I, I have a feeling I can speak for Dan. Um, I've done both. Um, yep. so, um, yep. Please join us next week as well, but please uh, leave a comment. Um, follow us. Uh, we have uh, Instagram. Follow us on the gram. Instagram. Uh, we are, we on the gram. Um, we on the gram. <laughs> that used to be that used to mean something very different when I was dealing with a void, but we're going to leave that. <laughs> little, uh, we're um, not going to talk about that. But but no, we're we're on Instagram, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcast, anywhere you you find your your favorite podcast. Please subscribe. Please uh, let us know how we're doing. I mean, like yes. like we keep telling you, we are not professionals. Anything we can do to make this better, make this more relatable to you, please let us know. Um, yes, if you if you are listening on Spotify or if you're listening on Apple Podcast, just just hit a star, do a little do a little rating. Um, the ratings will actually help us not, not really tell us how we're doing. Like, I mean, if you hate, if you hate it, you hate it. Like, I really don't care, but it, if you rate it, it will actually pop up in other people's feeds as something like a new topic or like, Hey, this is something that you're listening to podcast wise. You could try this out, or this is a new podcast, or, you know, it puts it in the category of if this is something that you're listening to or other people are searching for, it helps us pop up in those categories. And it gives them the ability to check us out because we can't have everybody check us out unless we're, you know, getting people to click. So the only way to get people to click is by having people rate and then we get exposed to everybody else. Exactly. So, so uh, that, that is the importance of it. But we do appreciate everybody has followed already and we appreciate everybody who is rated and who has left uh, comments. And if you ever need to really know where everything is, if you go to Anch- our anchor page, it'll have everything listed um and then you know you can you can go from there you can choose to listen and we're not or there's hundreds of things that might be better to listen to than us talk about this stuff but i mean it helps me does it help you it helps me hopefully it helps all of you um so with closing or my closing statements judge uh you got anything left brady uh, no, that's about it. Um, again, thanks for joining us on Men in Your Life, Unapologetically Human. I'm Brady. I'm Dan. And remember, it is okay to not be okay.